Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And UDO Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. UDOBooks.com. Morning. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 842. We have our little remote wireless mic placed in our window. You can hear the little background noise there. We're hoping to hear birds. We had a common raven vocalizing very loudly out there a few minutes ago. Placing that mic there effectively quieted him down, apparently. We also have Carolina Wren singing loudly at an eastern toey. So we'll see if we hear them again. There's a bit of good news about the mysterious disease that's been affecting songbirds in at least nine states, from Virginia to Indiana. It's that incidence of the disease seems to be decreasing. Experts continue to suggest that in all of the affected states and neighboring states, too, bird feeders and bird baths should be taken down, taken out of service for the time being. Meanwhile, the Cornell Lab of Ornithology says the illness is not caused by any of the major known bird diseases like West Nile, Salmonella, avian influenza, or house finch eye disease. They also say that no human health or domestic livestock and poultry issues have been reported. So that's some good news there. Numerous diagnostic laboratories are trying to figure out the cause of the outbreak. And by the way, just to repeat the point, birds will not starve if you take down your bird feeders. We heard from John Shea, who's nearby here in eastern Massachusetts, and he wrote this in part. Hi, Ray, just wondering if you can help me out with finding out what this bird is. He squawks all night at times. Everyone out here says different names of birds. Here's the bird. It's the eastern whippoorwill. John said about this bird, nice sounding bird, but not at 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. next to the bedroom window. Well, get ready, John, because our featured feathered friend today is also one you might not want to hear outside your window as he starts his less-than-melodic singing, sometimes before dawn and well into the night on our featured feathered friend segment this morning. Here's a pretty different-sounding bird. This is our mystery bird for today and this is a preview of our contest coming along a bit later our mystery bird is a large seabird with a wingspan of about eight and a half feet those wings are black as is most of the body in the adult male while the female shows a contrasting white chest and sides our bird feeds mostly on fish and other items that it plucks in flight from the surface of the water or by stealing food from other seabirds The male of this species, which breeds as far up as the Carolinas on the east coast, as well as along the Gulf Coast and the shores of Southern California, famously shows a bright red pouch when it displays at the nest site. Clues and the sound of our mystery bird in a little preview here. Our mystery bird contest is presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. 
Our prizes include a 12-ounce bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. The coffee we love around here, it really is delicious coffee, and it really does help to save birds that winter in the tropics. Our other prize is the Droll Yankees Cute Chickadee Feeder. Let's you manage the size of visiting birds with its height-adjustable dome, good for sunflower seed or mixed seed, fruit, or mealworms. Another beautiful Droll Yankees feeder. Prizes on our upcoming Mystery Bird Contest. We have some conservation good news of the week. It's from the World War Zero Climate Coalition. They cite four bits of good news. One, San Diego's International Airport is getting rid of fossil fuels and turning toward renewable energy. It's the third busiest airport in California, and they aim to have one of the lowest carbon footprints among airports. And they put uh, their schedule 15 years ahead of their initial target to run fully on renewables by 2035. Uh, Number two here, a new study says that President Biden's clean energy plan could be one of the most effective and consequential climate policies of the 21st century and would reduce carbon emissions dramatically and save over 300,000 lives. Three, U.N. negotiators have set ambitious goals to curb biodiversity loss from climate change, putting member nations on a path to protect 30% of the world's land and oceans by 2030. And four, the European Union has announced a blueprint for cutting greenhouse gas emissions by 55% from 1990 levels by 2030. The plan includes calls for a carbon border tax, the phasing out of gas and diesel cars by 2035, and funding to help people most affected by climate change. So some much-needed good news there, or at least hopeful notes uh, provided by the climate change-fighting coalition World War Zero. Meanwhile, a salute. A salute to more Talking Birds ambassadors helping us spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. And thank you to Andrew T. from Jacksonville, Florida. Thank you, Andrew. Hope all is well there for you and your family in light of that big COVID spike recently down there, which I think has subsided. I hope so. And thank you to Melissa Hodges in Mobile, Alabama. She says, I'm a first grade teacher. I found Talking Birds when I was searching for bird facts to share with my students. Love your show. Our favorite was the one about the Find the Birds app. We've been birding all year by keeping a record of the birds that visit our classroom window feeders. Thanks for keeping birding cool. Well, we're glad you think we are. And Melissa says, adding a unit of study about birds to my curriculum has been such a rewarding experience for me. Every morning I have students walking in the door excited to tell me what they've spotted in their own backyards. They are effortlessly using science vocabulary words in daily conversations and are identifying birds by their behavior, songs, and markings. When I set out to share my love for birding, I had no idea I'd actually be incubating my own little brood of birders. It's been a great way to spend springtime with first graders. And that's from Melissa Hodges in Mobile, Alabama. Thank you so much. 
Melissa, Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become part of that family, that ambassador's family. We'd love to have you join the family. Very easy to do. Just go to the Get Involved button at TalkingBirds.com to see how to do it. That's the Get Involved button at TalkingBirds.com. There's no G in talking. Still to come on our show today, we'll hear a little bit about Latino Conservation Week 2021 with a special guest from out in Desert Hot Springs, California, and from the other coast, We'll catch up with Mike O'Connor on Cape Cod in our Let's Ask Mike segment about egg hatching. He has some interesting stuff to tell us about that. And up next, a gentle bird with big territorial ambitions is today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine for more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. I know how you feel, lonesome dove. Well, the dove we're talking about today is not as lonesome as it once was. It's the Eurasian collared dove, and it's still expanding its range across North America. The Eurasian collared dove is similar in size and shape to the familiar morning dove. It has a sandy gray body and head, with the head and neck showing a pinkish tint and a narrow black half collar on the back of the neck. It has a black bill, deep red eyes, and red legs and feet. This dove is believed to have originated in and around India and to have then spread into Turkey and the Balkans way back in the 1600s. In the early 20th century, it expanded its range through Europe, and in the 1970s, the species was introduced into the Bahamas, and it soon made its way to Florida. The bird now occupies territory north through Georgia and northwest to Washington State and up into the western provinces of Canada. If you're farther east and wishing this bird would come to your backyard, you may want to be careful what you wish for, unless you'd enjoy hearing the rather repetitive call of the Eurasian collared dove outside your bedroom window when you're trying to catch a little (laughs) shut-eye. The Eurasian Collared Dove, Streptopelia Deca Octo. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Thanks for being with us. Welcome again. It's our show number 842. Well, Jennifer Lopez Valdez is outdoor education coordinator for Desert Preserves with the Wildlands Conservancy. And she's with us this morning from Desert Hot Springs, California, to tell us about a just completed Latino Conservation Week event that she just hosted. Good morning, Jennifer. Hi, good morning, Ray. It's great to be here. Wonderful to have you with us. <laughs> and Jennifer, for those who don't know about Latino yeah. Conservation Week, this is the second year, I think, for it. Correct me if that isn't right. Please tell us what it is and maybe about Wildlands Conservancy's connection to it. Uh, well, actually, it is its eighth year. It's eighth. Um, I'm really up yeah. to date here. It's its eighth. Why did I think it <laughs> I think it's because last year was the first time we had talked about it here. Yeah. So that per- makes perhaps. us seem a little self-centered yeah. <laughs> there. <but. laughs> All right. Moving right along. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yes, so Latino Conservation Week, so yeah, it's its eighth year, um, and Latino Conservation Week was a, or is an initiative that was started by the Hispanic Access Foundation, uh, which is a foundation that, you know, helps support the Latino community um, in many different sectors, um, but this specific week uh, focuses on supporting the Latino community and getting outdoors and participating in activities to protect our natural resources mm-hmm. um yeah and there's no go ahead yeah there's four <laughs> major goals so mm-hmm. the first one and the one that we focus on at the wildlands conservancy because it's the one that we can um, provide um, access to um, through our preserves is recreational activities uh, near the homes of our local um, latinx communities Um, The second one is to demonstrate the commitment of the Latinx communities to the conservation of their local lands um, and, of course, abroad, Um, but also uh, to to partner with leadership in in local communities um, for advocacy to ensure that, you know, not only are we uh, participating in recreational activities on our lands, but also protecting them. And then the last thing, just like informing policymakers, the media, and just the public at large, um, that the Latinx community of the Latinx community's views um, on local and national conservation issues. So uh, we we it's just a week to kind of celebrate the the participation and the advocacy that the Latino community has provided um, to the outdoors um, in its protection. Mm-hmm. Well, your event this week was a bilingual bird walk as part of Latino Conservation Week. Uh, what can you tell us about that, how and why it was done and how it went? Yeah, so uh, we, we was the first time um, our at the Whitewater Preserve and the Desert Preserves have had a bilingual uh, bird walk. Um, and you know uh, we have wonderful partners um, that that connect us with or, you know, or, an or ornithologist that just happens to speak Spanish, which was wonderful. Um, and we invited him to um, to come join us on this bird walk, and it was great. Yeah, we had great participation. There was um, one young Latina who afterwards spoke to me and talked to me about how this was the first time she had ever been birding. Um, and this is the first time she's ever, you know, been comfortable with the idea of going out and birding. It's always been something that she's known about. She's like recreated in the outdoors in um, other ways, but she never saw herself as a birder, um, which really brings in kind of that representation into this the birding community to di- diversify the faces that we think uh, what a birder looks like basically. So um, it went really well. Um, our birder was also a lover of uh, of the uh, Latin community or the Latin Americas. He'd been birding there mm-hmm. for years. So he had a lot of insight onto uh, the birds found in Latin America. So it was just a wonderful event. Um, and we definitely plan to do more bilingual bird walks in the future, not just for Latino Conservation Week, but part of our regular programming because we do have a large um, Latin community uh, in our area. Uh-huh. Who else is uh, who else is doing the uh, doing these bilingual uh, bird walks, Jennifer? If if you know, and uh, is what you're doing is this kind of a model for others? Yeah, I don't personally. I I have not heard of bilingual bird walks. Mm-hmm. Um, I have 
uh, participated in bird walks before, um, all of which, you know, just regular old English <laughs> bird walks. So um, I hope that this is something that isn't new, that this, you know, it has been done before. But if it hasn't, I hope that this kind of uplifts um, uh, and a community is nationwide uh, to have bilingual bird walks. Um, whether Spanish is, you know, the the second language to English in the community, or I know there's communities that, you know, there's other languages that are also one of the dominant languages other than English. Mm -hmm. So, you know, supporting the diversity in those communities by having these bilingual bird walks, um, but also, you know, reaching out to people that are bilingual, that are part of these communities is also really important. Um, because personally, the most of the ornithologists I know, you know, aren't Latinos. Um, they they are, you know, like one demographic. Um, so it, we, we kind of had a search for it a little bit, mm -hmm. but um, we, 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 found, we found somebody and it was wonderful. So yeah, so if this is your first time hearing about a bilingual bird walk, I hope this inspires you to maybe search in your community. And if there isn't, maybe start one, you know, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, partner with your local Audubon Society um, in, in trying to get that in, in um, closer to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is wonderful stuff, uh, Jennifer. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I hope to talk to you again uh, next year. That'll be the ninth Latino Conservation yes. Week. See how I yes, see how I knew excited. that. Jennifer <laughs> Lopez Valdez is outdoor education coordinator for Desert Preserves with the Oak Glen, California-based Wildlands Conservancy, and she joined us from Desert Hot Springs, California, this morning. Jennifer, thanks again for the great work you're doing, and thanks for being with us. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me, and uh, for everyone listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of today. It's the last day of Latino Conservation Week, so if you're Latino, you know, go do something fun outside, whether it's you know, smell a flower or bird watch. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, it's up to you. All but, right. But you know, have a good day. Thank you so much for having me. Well said. Thank you, Jennifer. Coming up after a brief. But important message, we'll hear from a Talking Birds ambassador and why maybe you want to become a com an ambassador too. And then it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. It's our mystery bird. A large seabird with a wingspan of about eight and a half feet. The wings are black, as is most of the body in the adult male. The female shows a contrasting white chest and sides. Our bird, which breeds as far up as the Carolinas on the east coast, 
as well as along the Gulf Coast and the shores of Southern California, feeds mostly on fish and other items that it plicks, uh, plucks in flight from the surface of the water or by stealing food from other seabirds. This is a seabird that really can't land on the water. Constant flight for our mystery bird. What is it? Tell us what it is and win those beautiful prizes or take a guess and maybe win, even if your guess is not exactly correct. A drawing will determine our winner in that case. 781-837-4900 is the number. Please call us as soon as you can. 781-837-4900. Beautiful prizes include the Droll Yankees Cute Chickadee Feeder and a 12-ounce bag of delicious bird-friendly shade-grown birds and beans coffee. 781-837-4900. The number. Meanwhile, we'll check in with Mike O'Connor live from Cape Cod. Let's ask Mike in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. My name is Jessica Allen, and I'm from Palmyra, Pennsylvania. If you find yourself sharing a story you've heard on Talking Birds, or you've laughed out loud during a segment, or thought about a conservation issue long after the show ends, you're probably someone who recognizes the value in the content, like I did, and you'd make a great ambassador. Talkin' Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks. Thanks to Mike O'Connor down at the famous Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. We're about to hear, hear terms like egg tooth and maybe altricial and precocious and something else I wrote here, which I can't exactly read right now, uh, but Mike is there to tell us about it and maybe figure out what that word was that I wrote down there. Good morning, Mike. Oh, I missed the music. Did I hear the music? Oh, you didn't hear the music? We were playing yeah. it at this end. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, well, I'm a long ways away. You've got to get that transistor replaced there, man. You've got to get me. Oh, I know what the other word was I wrote down here, simultaneous hatching. That's um, something that you maybe you were going to mention there. But about uh, eggs hatching, it's a pretty fascinating process, isn't it? Well, you know what, it's funny it is, because I was never, um, I, I never lived on a farm or 4-H or anything, but I did have nesting great crested flycatchers in a box, and I had put a, a little uh, tiny camera in the box that I could watch the, the whole event take place on my TV screen, which was great, but I wanted to see the eggs hatch, and I kind of, I knew when the eggs were laid, and I knew the incubation process, and I figured out exactly when they would hatch, so I watched the TV and watched the TV, and uh, of course, I missed the hatching. I missed the whole thing somehow. I spent all that time, and um, they hatched just before I had gotten up that day, and they were already there. So then I had to do the next best thing was read about egg hatching, which I found a little bit fascinating, is that the baby birds, while they're in the nest, they're in the eggs all crunched up. They grow on the tip of their beak, which is beak is a little bit soft at this point. They grow a sharp, pointy egg tooth at the tip, and then they kind of rotate um, on the 
inside the egg and, and rub that egg tooth on the inside of the shell. And the shell actually at this point is gutting is thinner than it ordin that it had been because they absorb some of the calcium into that to the baby bird. So now the egg shell is actually a little thinner and then they work and work and then they get their way out and then they crawl out and if it's like a songbird they just crawl out and they look awful their eyes are closed they're all half naked and they're just kind of a blob in, in the nest i think uh, i think i recall you're famously describing them as looking like a, a piece of gum my piece right? of chewed gum, yeah, chewed they gum. look like all kind of disformed and wrinkly and everything that's right that's but you know of all the things i said i appreciate you remembered one of them that was my <laughs> it's the only one but the other thing I found interesting, the other birds, like, uh, we'll say geese and ducks, that um, that hatch out really, f- not fully formed, but formed into the chick size. They have feathers, they're alert, their eyes ready to go, because yeah. after they hatch, a few hours after they hatch, they leave the nest. The whole clutch goes away with mom to say to find water or to find food. And these birds are up up and running. These are the precocious precocious birds. Precocious birds. Exactly. Exactly. See that? You could have done this. (laughs) So that's exactly right. But what I found interesting was the birds all have to hatch really kind of at the same time. And what they found out was that the birds communicate, the little baby birds still inside the eggs communicate with each other with mm. peeping sounds, and the other birds still in the shell hear each other talking, apparently, and they say, you know, okay, Joe, you ready? You ready? Hey, Mary, you ready? We're going to go now. Today's the day. And they all kind of hatch out relatively at the same time, so they all can head to the water together, which I thought was interesting. And then they also talked about seabirds when they're these ginormous seabird colonies with a screaming and squawking, and they all the baby chicks look the same again inside the the shell the babies make this peeping sound that the parents listen to and then they can hear it so when they fly off to find food and the babies have hatched they can identify their own special chicks just by that unique peeping sound in and amongst the mayhem that's all going on in the seabird colony and it seems impossible but we talked about before, you know, you, you, we can identify each other's voices. And we can, if you have a dog and the dog's barking, which sounds like everybody else, just an annoying dog, we know, no, that's not my dog. Or well, you can. So, wow. yeah, yeah, it's all about the voices. P- pretty amazing stuff. Well, thank you, Mike. We learned a lot, including the fact that birds not only talk inside the shell, but call each other by name. <laughs> Joe and Mary, and that, that is pretty amazing. Exactly. They're very polite at that stage. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Mike. Talk to you next week. Yep. All right, Mike O'Connor down there at the uh, Bird Watchers General Store in Cape Cod, and we're back to the Mystery Bird uh, Contest right after this. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds' conservation and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. Just a reminder, especially for things like the Mystery Bird Contests, you can call in. Uh, our show is live on Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 10 Eastern, and you can hear our show live wherever you are with an internet connection and appropriate device. Um, just go to talkingbirds.com. You can see how easily you can do that. That's TalkingBirds.com. Also on that website, you can find out all the other ways you can listen to the show on your favorite podcast uh, provider. 
It's our mystery bird, a big seabird with a wingspan about eight and a half feet. What the heck is that mystery bird? 781-837-4900 is the number to tell us what it is or take your guess. And we have Andrew somewhere in New York. Uh, good morning, Andrew. Hi there, Ray. Hi. Is that New York State or city? Uh, well, if it's city, that's it's that's also the state. state. We're, uh, we're just south of Ithaca. Just south of uh, Cornell Lab of Ornithology uh, territory. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, uh, Andrew, you heard our uh, mystery bird, and uh, what say you as to the identity? I think it could be a magnificent frigate bird. That is a, what would I say, a magnificent answer, as a matter of fact, and also correct. Nice work. Andrew, yes, absolutely right. If you'll stay on the line, uh, Jesse will get your info, and we'll send you that neat stuff. All right. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew, in uh, New York, near Ithaca. And correctly identifying the magnificent free uh, frigate bird as our mystery bird uh, this morning. I want to remind everybody about the big Southwest Wings Festival in Arizona going on uh, shortly. And uh, please check it out. Just do a little search there for Southwest Wings Festival and you can find out all about it. And don't forget to consider joining our Talking Birds flock. That's where Talking Birds listeners get together and talk with one another and share pictures and photos and all kinds of stuff. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, our producing engineer, Jesse Wilkins, and special thanks this week to John and Judy Shea. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And UDO Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. UDObooks.com.